0: That's an original. That's one of the podcast founder screams that you just heard. Yes. John Hagler, welcome
1: back. That's right. I can't quite do it like my brother does it, but I do have that Hagler scream.
0: Absolutely. Welcome to Backstage with the Simple Church Podcast. I am Evan Samenko here with Scott Odom. Scott, hello.
1: Scott just got out of lunch, so (laughs) Where'd you go today? Where did we go to?
2: Imperial Cathay. Oh. Yeah,
1: yeah his That's diabetic coma was about seven and a half minutes I from kicking fine. in. I am fine.
0: I'm ready to go. He is because you're here with one of your favorite people in the office. Who? John Evans, mate. <laughs> Definitely not <laughs> Evans. I to say, I'm not at the office. Uh, You're only saying that because he's the boss. No, you and John, you've been each other a long time. We get have. along. And today we're talking about life group, life group, Scott. You've been a part of life group, John, for a long time. I have. I have. That's right. And yes. It is life group season. We in Simple Church kick them off in the fall after Labor Day. Mm. And it <laughs> is that time. John Hagler, you lead a life group. You I do. You lead a very different kind of life group.
1: I do. And i ah. been a
0: part of a lot of life groups and small groups, Sunday school classes over the years. I
1: have. So we Ooh, wanted to I talk to you that today. Yes, I have quite time. a history in the small group world. That's right. Um, going way back to the 90s. All right. Okay. I
0: remember the 90s. Yes, Jordan? the 90s. You remember yeah, the I the 90s. 90s. Okay. Yes. Hey, hold on. When were you born? 1987. I yeah, was okay. a kid of the 90s. Never mind. Yeah, Thank that you. That counts. Thank you. Thirt, or spent the whole decade.
1: Yeah. My wife and I started attending First Baptist Bossier. In the mid '90s, and I ended up being a Sunday school teacher. Teacher? Well, it's really more complicated than that.
0: So, if somebody's listening to simple Church, they don't really know Sunday school. Yeah, Tell let's us what talk Sunday about school Sunday is. school. So, it's a, a history tradition? lesson. Jordan doesn't Yeah, I know what Sunday school is. <laughs> and the Jordan,
1: <laughs> Jordan was in the, in the 400 wing. Thank you. Thank, there you. You. There thank you. thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Jordan's yeah your first in the Becher traditional alum. world, uh, on a Sunday morning, you had the preaching and like normal stuff, but in the opposite hour the before after the preaching? Church, the preaching on the opposite hour you'd have Sunday school basically Sunday school originally was designed to be like a time of education mm. so that was like your bible study that was in addition to the preaching you heard and for years there was a plan these little booklets that the southern baptist would send out that you were supposed to follow
0: and it was really kind of revolutionary, right? It was a yes. big part of the Southern Baptist Church growing, oh, yeah. and
1: people were it interested in It was revolutionary? Yeah, well, yeah. the reason, originally. Yeah, because uh-huh. where you're right, Evan, is prior to that, there really wasn't a formal way to educate the attender. You just believed what the pastor told you. That was uh, long and, before my And time. there's a lot of faith even to this literacy, day. They not. don't encourage personal Bible study. Right. They encourage you to show up and listen to the speaker, whether it be a priest, preacher, whatever they call them. And they really don't want you out there trying to figure it out on your own because you might not agree with them.
0: Martin Luther did it one time and messed everything up. (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) right. Darn you, Martin Luther.
1: So Sunday school was this formal way, and like if I remember correctly – I was actually the Minister of Education at one point. Oh. At first Bosier. And really? my job was to provide the curriculum for all the Sunday school classes and I think it was about a three or four year cycle. Were you writing curriculum? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my wife. Written by John, <laughs> John and my daughter. M. Hagler. No, uh, we would buy it. Yeah. And over a three or four year period of time you would basically cover the Bible in its entirety. Not word for word, but like the big The big rocks. Big rocks of the Bible. So that was the plan, and that was that way forever from the 50s until the 90s. And then in the 90s, I'll never forget it. My first small group experience, first time I ever heard the term, was Kenny Dean. All right. Shout out to Kenny. Kenny Dean was on staff at First Boser, a friend of ours, and he had this crazy idea of, I'm not going to have a Sunday school class. I'm going to have a life group. And we were like, what does that mean? Well, we're going to hang out in our house. We're going to get couples together. And we're going to work through life issues from a biblical perspective. And he had the first life group that I know of in this area. And this would have been the mid to late 90s. And honestly, it didn't really go very far. Hmm. He, he had one. He enjoyed it. But it didn't, but really it didn't get on. any traction because it was really the direct opposite of Sunday school. Because Sunday school, they want you to show up in a classroom. You took roll. We had like a roster sheet. They had all these measurements of how many people came, how many people didn't come. Was your class growing? I had bar graphs oh. for every Sunday school class and how they were wow. performing. And I would actually have a conversation with the Sunday school teachers. Your numbers are down. I of what's going real, on in there, man. Your bar mad, is
2: a little low. That's, That's so crazy. <laughs> isn't
1: it crazy? That's crazy. That's what a minister of education did. That's commitment. Yes, and I'd call up. I'd say, hey, Joe. So these man, volunteers. You, you're you're, <laughs> you're barring our heart heading in the right direction. <laughs> and they were volunteers. Mm. That's a good point. They were right? all yeah. volunteers. None Imagine. of these people were paid. Wow. And my first volunteer role in First Bosier was I was what they called. <laughs> it makes me laugh now. But in every Sunday school class, you had a teacher. But then you had a director. Mm. And Pat Worley was the director of Jerry and Phyllis' Able Sunday School class.
0: Blake Lawson's grandparents. Blake Lawson's
1: grandparents. That was the first Sunday School class treason and I ever attended. And it was for young couples. They co-taught it together, and Pat Worley was the director. Well, the director was the guy that kept the roles.
0: <laughs> like a secretary.
1: Yeah, he made sure the supplies were there. He made sure there was a teacher if Jerry was going to be out or Phyllis was going to be out. So Pat Worley... Decided he want to do that anymore. So guess who he came after? (laughs) He pulled up, delegated. He pulled up my driveway in his Bell South Cavalier one day. Nice. And he walked up and he was like, "I think you're the next director for the Able Sunday School class." I'm like, "I don't think so." (laughs) Lord, (laughs) (laughs) we think we think you're able to do it. (laughs) (laughs) And he was on me. He visited several times, and I finally he just wore me down. And I took on that role. And then eventually I became a Sunday school teacher. I had a young couple's class that was kind of like younger than Jerry and Phyllis's class. So I was like getting them even younger. And then it grew. And then the rest is history. I ended up working for the church. So that was wow. Sunday school. You did a good job. Yeah.
2: So, <laughs> yeah. so did you, because this fascinates me because you, you basically, all these. Poor volunteers yeah. are held to this bar. <laughs> were there any like any Sunday school teachers who were like, look, you had to fire them? Just yeah. not cutting it. Yeah, it's uh, been three months.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you got to yeah, go. Yeah. It, it it wasn't quite that cutthroat, but what would happen is you would add a teacher to them. Mm. A co-teacher. <laughs> yeah, so you'd be like, hey, Joe, I think it'd be good if Bill came in and co taught with you because you probably need a break. It's, a, it's tough 50, 52 weeks. Based on this weeks. bar
0: graph, you're pretty tired.
1: <laughs> 52 <laughs> weeks a year, man, having to teach is rough. And then that would be the way you would suddenly, like, help them out. Phase them out. Them out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they usually, they were so ego- guys, they'd be like, well, I'm, I'm done, but if I'm not the guy, he would be so like, really oh, off. okay.
0: It was more, less a hostile takeover than more of a passive-aggressive yes. takeover.
1: Yeah, Baptists are real good at that. Oh, man. Right. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> I, I was sitting here going, man, this could go one way right here. So that's yes. right. Oh, so, but it wasn't all bad. Yeah, to be it, fair, Sunday school, the advantage to Sunday school, like, there are pros and cons to every approach. The advantage to Sunday school is the proximity and the timing of when it's happening. Right. You got built-in child care right there at the church. That's a win. Daycare or the preschool, you know, children's ministries going on at the same time. So I tell people all the time that in a lot of ways it's easier than life groups as far as just the logistics of it because it's in the building, you're not having to open up your home, et cetera, et cetera. That's the positive. The negative was not a whole lot happened in there that was of serious significance as far as your life. It was more educational. So you'd sit there and learn a bunch of stuff, but right. you didn't have a time to share about what was really going on in your life. It was more like you're listening to one guy. Kind of surface. Yes. You're listening to this lecture, basically. You know, some of the creative guys might have a and a at the end or something, but that's about the extent of it. So... Frozen cons.
2: That's like how the creative guys might have a question to answer. Yeah, maybe. That's really really mo- branching out. Depends that's on whether the they really want to take that risk or not. Because
0: <laughs> open mic is risky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be like, that's all the time we got, boys and girls. I don't
2: know yeah. the answer. I it. disliked, I'm sure. Won't Tell us surprise your Sunday school anybody. experience, Scott. I'd... You sit through an hour of preaching and then you go sit through another hour. Yeah of preaching. Now of course when we came to first poser it was completely different because I was in student ministry with Justin Chip and that was a whole other experience. But prior to that it was
1: very boring. Well so you so you nice segue. So what we ended up doing, so I'm Minister of Education and we decided this is really not working anymore. This model is kind of dying. The bar graph's going down. Bar (laughs) graphs are struggling. So we changed the name. We changed the name and the approach to the classes. We changed them to connection classes. Mm, I remember that. Yes. And then the focus was no longer on education purely, but it was on making sure that the classroom was conducive to conversation. So we put in round tables versus rows. Was
0: that Saddleback? Was that purpose-driven stuff? A lot
1: of it came from Saddleback. Right. Absolutely, we get flown out there. Justin got
0: into it for student ministry, so he was our youth pastor, and I remember that all kind of starting around the same time.
1: Yeah, my surrender to the call to ministry was that trip to Saddleback. That's when I realized I really want to do this for a living, and I want to take this. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all.
0: This podcast is going to take a turn, John. (laughs) Regrets. I've regretted it every day.
1: (laughs) So we took my Sunday school class as kind of a model. Just one class, and we put the round tables in. We put discussion questions, icebreakers at the table when they first got there. We had refreshments. We did a lot of things that were experimental that the goal was to eventually make most of the classrooms that kind of environment. Some of them never switched over. Sure. There were some people, the day I left in 2006, were still lecture-style in rows. That was never going to (laughs) change. But a lot of the newer classes did kind of adopt a more... Interactive approach and in the connection classes, you know that's where that came from. So that was kind of a precursor to life groups as we know it today. Absolutely, and Scott. Yes. So you weren't a fan of Sunday school? I
0: actually no. did enjoy Sunday school. Always was kind of more of a nerd learning that. Awanas yep. was another extra mm-hmm. thing oh. of that. Oh my
2: gosh! Yeah, I was a royal ambassador. Yeah, because yeah. my mother was a GA. She was a GA leader. So I was an RA, which GA was Girl Ambassador. I don't think it stood for Girl no, Ambassador. <laughs> no, what was it? <laughs> but they were gone by the time I was there. It was Alana, Royal so Ambassador? Yeah, no. I we'll was, get you to look it up in oh, a second. Awful. Yeah, okay. But it
0: started to shift, and then you ended up at another church environment that yeah, really so, kind of took it the next right, level. Of so being different.
1: fast forward, I was at First Bossier for about a decade. We made improvements to the sunday school model
0: connection
1: connection classes but then i moved to south texas corpus christi texas and moved into a church i was hired as the life group pastor
0: so literally now so that was literally with your connection classes
1: Yeah, that was my job uh so i was like now it's all i'm all in now we don't have a sunday school model it's a small campus there's no rooms for sunday school so here we go so that was my first exposure to what the life group model is Basically, it's in homes or someplace other than the church campus. And it is heavy on relationship and less so on information. So that was my three-year journey in South Texas of transitioning my own mind away from educating people to connecting people.
0: And was that tough? Was it some things that you kind of saw the flaws in the life group or you like instantly bought in?
1: Uh, I was bought in, but again, this church was very similar. It was an old Baptist church, same kind of deal, but a new pastor had come in and was transitioning it. So some of the same battles. Sure. Uh, They wanted the information. They weren't worried about the connection. So same kind of challenges. But again, if you get newer, younger people, they tend to be the early adopters. So we would focus on the young couples and the young singles and, you know, just kind of created the culture that eventually the older people would kind of age out or move. Right. And, yeah, you know, we would have the life group. So, yeah, I never really had a problem with it. I've always enjoyed the life group model more just because I'm not really a Bible study guy. But you're married to one. But I am. I am married to one. So, like, my wife would be just Bible the opposite. Woman. Yes. Her life group that's coming up this semester is very information-driven. And she's a writer and studies and my life group not so much. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And there's all kinds. And there are all kinds. And that's what I tell people all the time is there's no wrong way to do this. It's, you just got to find the right people to hook up with you that want to go that route. Right. And, and, so and that's you, the key. Yeah, you come to Simple Church, and we're a church
0: plant. We're new. We don't have buildings. No so buildings. Literally can't meet and do Sunday school that way. Yep. But I think the refreshing thing is. The the stereotype was always it had to be Sunday school, it had to be educational, but now there's options, and we've tried for 15 years now to provide different kinds of groups, different ways to do it, themes, different topics of different stuff, and Teresa does a great group. She does. She was middle school and high school leaders over the years. She would do these curriculum and more in-depth Bible study, but at the same time, you've got groups like yours, so now talk about your life group and what y'all do.
1: Yeah, so for me, so I moved back here from Texas, and Justin has started this thing called The Simple Church, and... Ironically, I was hired as a life group pastor when I came here, slash other stuff. Right. Uh, But that was the main thing. Yeah, other main thing that he needed. So um, the good news about a church start is you're not fighting any history.
0: No sacred cows.
1: You're really not. You're still fighting like geographical culture because this area was a Sunday school area for decades. But the culture of the church is not a major hill to climb. So when we started creating life groups here at the Simple Church, there's all different kinds of groups. You've got the Teresa Hagler style that is a particular subject matter that's being studied. Um, and you go hers is like from Genesis to Jesus right now, and it walks through all the major characters in the Bible. You know She loves it. So do the people that come to attend. Then you got mine. When I created my life group and the one Scott was in, it was focused around a point of interest. And in this case, it's cars or vehicles. It's a natural passion of mine. I know people that have that interest. What do you have? What's your baby? I've got three babies. Oh, okay, you're right. Well, the <laughs> Actually, bullet is done. Not- yeah, but the baby, the baby baby that I have is so I have a 97 Camaro convertible that I've had since it was almost new. So there's other people that have similar vehicles, so you have a natural reason yeah. to hang Yeah, it's, it's
2: more than it. just vi- It's mainly hot rods. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, th- we worked on regular vehicles and stuff, yes. but everyone in the group has a, a hot rod, rod hot connection. Rides. Or a love for hot yeah, rods. Yeah, they or, like
1: to turn wrenches and talk yeah. about that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. so the cool part about that is is like you have a reason to be there other than studying the word. Which, if you just purely say, hey, we're doing a Bible study, you have a small niche of people that that's an attraction for them. I mean, it's like pretty and small. And it's getting smaller every year. Right. Yeah. But if you say, like I've heard, there's a group, we have a running group in the church. We have a sewing group Scott in actually leads that group. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, if, if you know me, I'm a runner. Yes. <laughs> I've never been a part of a running group either. No. <laughs> no. i
2: i've rarely ran (laughs) almost said never but it's. it's i wouldn't say never Never,
1: because i saw you run in the middle of highway 80 the other day oh it's true have video to prove it that you shot evan oh yeah that's right that's right he ran but it is rare it was impressive jordan he we'll was we'll have to show you the video. Yeah, Former football player, I want to say, yeah, run, yeah. yeah. He yeah he, but I was a lineman; I didn't run very that's much. Like through the streets <laughs> of Bosher City, Texas, and As airlines. fast as you can, or you just that balled. was all he very had. <laughs> that's <laughs> all he had. I'm telling you,
2: it, it was like a looked like a bowling ball, just <laughs> almost like a <laughs> bowling ball with arms. Not a
0: record breaking forty time.
1: <laughs> your legs were moving; you just weren't going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. There's it's like a diesel. There's a lot that's got to go through. I can't tell you this high
2: performing machine.
1: I can't tell that it was me and Ray Rainey. Initially trying to push this suburban toe in a trailer. Nothing really happened until Scott showed up. It stalled out and y'all no. were doing good. You yes. went out to help. We we were giving it all she got and I yelled, Scott And the
0: bull showed and
1: up. And when he showed up, things started happening. Yeah.
2: Well, I was gonna get out with him, but to be honest with you, you know, I won't go I need to use the restroom. So I was a little nervous but then I was like he yelled, so I was like, Well, I gotta go. Yeah, I didn't so, really give him that option. Yeah. So.
1: And you did good. Yeah, help be somebody. Because I felt day.
2: bad because they ran out and, you know, got out there, and I was just sitting in the truck. But so. yeah. If was that fine. was
0: your vehicle they pushed, let us know. Email scott at thesimplechurch.tv. That's right. Well,
2: and then we f- I felt so bad for them. So we got them pushed. They looked like they were running. They pulled off into the CVS parking lot. They looked like they were good to go. They pulled right back on the airline. Died as soon as they pulled
1: right <laughs> yeah. back ah. on. We, we didn't go help no. them again. No. <laughs> no. One and done. One and done. Yeah. <laughs> we have our limits that's right all kinds of life groups. the car interest part all together so so what's cool about it is so you you've got an interest and one of the big questions that life group leaders ask all the time so if any life group leaders are are listening we get this question amber gets the question mainly now because she's in charge of it but it's how do i grow my life group Hmm. we hear it all the time you know they're frustrated because there's nobody coming or there's not enough people coming or whatever. I tell people and and I've heard Justin say this too is you got to find your people. It is my belief that everybody has people. They just may not know it. And that is determined by your interest, by your teaching style, by your personal schedule. There's all these variables. So in in my case, Over the years, and Scott can attest to this, it just naturally grew. There wasn't an aggressive attempt to grow it. It wasn't like the bar graphs of the 90s (laughs) where I've got a quota and i got to go find these guys. It's just through relationship. Right. So you get to talking at church. I mean, Amber's doing a great job right now with this, you know, kind of this – recruiting time and if you're new to the podcast
0: amber mcdonald's the life group coordinator you can email our amber at the simple church we'll put it in the show notes she is the point person to help you if you're interested in finding a life group if you're ready to lead one she is the person that we would love to talk she's been on here before i'm gonna put a couple links to her episodes previously as well she's great
1: and she you know right now this is the season where they we try as a church to educate the options people have and there are some people that will just randomly go select a group from that list and risk it. But that is rare. Mm-hmm. And the
0: groups have titles. They and do. And they do kind of describe what they are. So you can go through yeah. and look on the website. It'll be in the show notes as well. So you can kind of see a basic overview of what it is. That's right. So mm-hmm.
1: so in addition to what we call the cold call. So that to me, that's like a cold call attempt to educate people on their options.
0: Cold sales call. Not very Not, not a good very way. effective. <laughs> no. I
1: mean, certain percentage. <laughs> sure. I mean, that's the reason the cold call exists is there's a certain number of Just people quantity. that are going to do it. But... What works far better is the relationships you have in life. So as you're talking to your buddies, you're talking to your friends, and you talk about what you're doing, there's usually an interest like, now, how does that work? And like with my guys, I might mention it three or four times before they actually show up. It's true. You might say, hey, we meet on Wednesday nights. We'd love to have you come hang out. You don't get anything. You see them again, hey, you know, we meet on Still Wednesday meetin'. nights. <laughs> Still meeting. Love to have you. Nothing. And then all of a sudden, you're sitting there one day, and here they come through the door. And you're like, wow, that's interesting. I actually came. Yeah, so, and I think there's a, a big barrier that people have to get over because they're smart enough to know that probably most of who's in that group already knows each other. Right. So... If you think about it, it's kind of like going back to the old kickball days in elementary school. These are dark times, John. Not, I
0: understand. Not a popular <laughs> kickball pick over here.
1: <laughs> I understand. Most of us have some of those stories, except for Jordan. He's, He's an not athlete. an actual about athlete. About say, uh, dude, kickball was my jam. Jordan was done yeah. bullying the other kids who right. didn't get picked. Yeah, <laughs> Jordan's a pick for kickball. Nice. Yeah. I, 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 I really don't believe you. Oh, <laughs>
2: I was good at kicking. (laughs) Let's ask
0: all of your friends from your senior class, and we'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna need a
1: list. I'm gonna need a list of (laughs) your. Did they have kickball in private school? Yes. Okay, (laughs) I didn't know that was allowed. They didn't have the right football. Oh, okay. Uh, That's better than my school. Yeah. Okay. My bad. <laughs> Did we have kick, But
0: it is. It's the psychology it, it of is. fitting in and feeling accepted and being weird, walking in a room where you don't know people. At right. somebody's house.
1: All right. So, what do you do about that? So, one strategy we do that helps is, again, we're at round tables. We're still continuing connection class strategy from at your years ago at yeah. my life group. Not everyone Not everyone has everybody's round round life tables. group. Sure. But in my life group, there's round tables. When you show up, there's always something to eat and drink, some kind of meal. Very relaxing. Something about dining together just kind of brings down the stress level. But at that round table, you're only dealing with four to five of the people from the group. Right. So you've taken that big group and you've got it down to a smaller subgroup that's way less intimidating. And then they kind of ease into it. And you may find that you naturally gravitate to these two or three guys in the group or that pair or whatever. But at least you're not dealing with 25 people at one time. Right. Like, so that's kind of how we do it. That's great. Yeah.
2: So go ahead, Scott. Well, no, I was just going to say, plus being all men, it's a real talkative group. too.
1: (laughs) Chatty Cathy's.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Which luckily there are some chatty Cathy's in there because there's a lot of times when you're in that small group and you ask a question and they just stare at you and you're like, oh yeah okay but good, good talk but then like afterwards you think oh that went over and then afterwards one of them will come up to you and be like hey really and i'm like oh well good that hey. is a
1: great point like like i tell leaders all the time you cannot judge your success by the look on their face
0: that would be very discouraging yeah, and and,
1: and you now evan you've preached before in yep. front of the big church uh, i have as well same same rule applies. You cannot measure your success by the response of the people that are sitting out there, because if you did, you would quit. It's hard. <laughs> you would get in your car and go home and never come back. But it's what happens inside of them, and they're processing, and everybody okay. processes differently. And I agree with him. It'll be the next day. Sometimes even before the night's over, you'll get a text and, like, man, I – that really challenged me, or I need to talk about that. or Well, your face didn't show it, so thanks right. for telling <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah, you go over the
2: questions, and it's just crickets, and you're like, okay. Yeah. And then right after, they'll be like, hey, what about this?
1: All this right, changed so, my life. All right, so that's another evolution that happened. So what he's referring to is in the early days, the teacher, the leader, basically we use video curriculum in life groups now. Very rarely does a live speaker teach in a life group. It's somebody else's content, a preacher, a teacher. I try to keep it to 20 minutes or less because I have men. (laughs) Right. But we show that video and then forever it was an open forum discussion time when that 20 minutes ended. Well, what I quickly discovered is that's too big of a group. Because your any, group is typically 20 to 25 yeah, guys, which is unusual. Most life groups yeah. are
0: probably six to eight people.
1: Correct. Yes, that's it. And, and that's the ideal size. Right. Ironically is about no more than 10 is the ideal size. So finally I smart got a little smarter and, and kind of wised up and realized this is not going to work. So that's when the round tables came back. And what happens now is when the video ends, there are discussion questions for that group of six to seven guys at their table to work through first and then we have a big group discussion so now they've had dialogue had a chance to they've had a chance to talk and then i'll say hey did anybody at any table have anything that you learned about this question way better oh yeah our table we realized that we're all struggling with this or we you know we never do that or whatever that's a way better deal Mm-hmm. So it goes back to, and it goes back to, why does that matter? That's the main reason the life group exists. It's not for information. Hmm. It's for that interaction because you want them to sit there and ask each other questions and pray for each other and unload what's going on. I can't possibly listen to 25 guys' issues on a Wednesday night, but one guy at a table of five can.
0: Mm-hmm. Empower him, yeah. And
1: they can help each other. And that's a way, way better way to do it. So that's how it differs from Sunday school. In Sunday school, when you would go in there, other than prayer request time. It's a monologue. Yeah, yeah. You, there's really no opportunity for you to voice your questions or your concerns or even what you need in life. It's like, sit here, listen, go home. This is totally opposite. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the, there you go. the main so, change there. Scott,
0: tell some of your life group experiences because you've led life groups. I have none.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're so dumb. No, no. Uh, I have a Jeep Life group, although right now we're kind of on hiatus because I'm We getting... were on a break. Yeah, we're on a break because my life is a little stressful right now. I have a few events coming up, like moving, getting married, you know, stuff. like that. Just little things. But, uh, no, it it can be frustrating as a leader, um, and, and there's, there's positives, and there's, you know, because going back to you don't really know what impact you're having, like with my group, we met once a week, and then nobody was coming. So then they were like, "Well, let's change it to every other week," and then nobody came. And then we said once a month, and nobody came. And so I was trying to accommodate everybody, and then so I was like ready to give up. And they're like, "Why? Why are you giving up? We really enjoy it." I was like, "So then I learned." you know very quickly i'm not going to let them dictate how i'm going to run it i'm just going to do it and when i started doing that then all of a sudden it was consistent and i had the same group of guys that were showing up and and then it became really consistent so that's the other thing too is just to stick with it yeah it took me it probably took me about 6 months to really finally get it down and going good and and uh, you know they and some of them still meet on a regular basis i don't always meet just because of you know like i said i got a lot going on but um so yeah they're still going and And it's, but you know, once again, our group is very specific, like John's. We're a Jeep Life group or we're off road people. So we take trips off road, and and that's kind of our thing that we're around because we have off road vehicles. And so not everybody fits in, but we've had other people in the group that don't have off road vehicles. So we're not completely exclusive. We're going to go, you can't. But it's another common interest. Yeah, right.
1: For sure. That's the common interest. And you made me think of something, Scott, when you're talking about, you know, like how frequently to meet. You know the scheduling of that. Two thoughts on that. Number one, major district Sunday school and life groups. is Sunday school is every Sunday, forever, forever.
0: And you join a class and you stay and in that class you're in forever, it
1: forever <laughs> until you die. And and that literally was the deal. And some people love that. And if
0: you don't show up, you're getting a call from your leader because John Hagler right. is now to get that numbers. BarGraph is struggling.
1: No vacation for you, <laughs> right? <laughs> So, life groups by design, for the most part, are seasonal. We have a spring season and a fall season. You know, a number of weeks, you know, get out of the doldrums of January, post-holidays, about February, it kicks off, tries to wrap up before school is out. Summer break, school gets back in, fire back up, try to be done before the holidays kick in in November. So, it's a very reasonable commitment for most people. Yeah. And even within that season, not all of them meet every week. Some do every other week. Some do once a month. My group's kind of unusual because we pretty much meet year-round, but we don't meet every week. And y'all are pretty much empty nesters for the most part, right? That's correct. So So we're in a different chapter of life. life. We're all 50-something-year-old guys that kids are gone. Schedule's a little easier. Right. Um, Yeah, there's some younger folks in there that don't make it as often because they still have school conflicts and games and things with their kids, but... It's a different season. I couldn't have done that when I was 35 years old. There was no way I could have met every Wednesday night at that age. I had too many other things going on. So that's, that goes back to when you're selecting a life group. If you're listening and trying to figure out which one to go to, those are the questions you need to ask. You know, what dynamic is meeting? How old are they? How often do you meet? Who Who is in that group? Because you want to make sure you find the right fit. And how often they meet, and the topic is on the
0: website. It is. And then if you have specific questions, you can email that person directly, or if you want to email Amber and just ask some questions about the group, and right. then the best way to do it is to just go and try one.
1: Give right. Give it a
0: shot and try, and if it doesn't fit, it right. doesn't
1: fit. Yeah, and you might be listening going, but why should I fool with it? I mean, like... What's it worth? Yeah, like, I mean, I get, I go to church, you know, regularly. Ish. The average person goes once a month <laughs> right. in America, right? <laughs> so that's regular. really add up, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you might be wonderful. I don't really understand why it's a big deal because y'all keep talking about them, and it annoys me when I hear about it every time. <laughs> I feel guilty. <laughs> make me feel <laughs> bad. Know, I'm not in right. Room. Y'all trying to get your bar graphs up or what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> but it's really not about that. There's a couple of stories that pop in my mind, and Scott was involved in a couple of these that pop in my mind. But um, one of the most awesome memories I have in my life group is we had a life group family one of the guys had a parent pass away hmm. and the funeral was a pretty good ways from here a couple hours drive away from a... here
2: what was the name of that
1: town i Sorry. cannot remember
2: way out in the middle of nowhere yeah
1: i mean it was a little bitty funeral home but four or five of us decided that we were going to jump into a vehicle and show up to that funeral hmm. for this guy's parent that had passed away and it just blew them away but it was their life group and it's life group. So when life throws you a curve, your group is there to help you get through it. Um, We've had marriage situations pop up and they need help. We've had people have, they need to move. They need help moving uh, vehicle issues, um, issues with kids, all those different things that come up. Now you have a group of people around you that are a source of resources Positive. It, yeah. Yeah. Does somebody... Nobody's perfect. Yeah. Well, does somebody know somebody that moves mobile homes? Does somebody know a counselor for my kid? Does, Network. Yeah, networking. And and it really works well for that.
2: Well, and two, just going back to where you don't know the impact, we had a guy in our life group that was quiet, really kept to himself, kind of didn't come that often. He had kids and stuff. Well, then he was moving to Dallas. Well, on the day, his last Wednesday with us, he cried. <laughs> Because he was so torn over leaving the live group. And this was a guy that I thought personally was like you know, like, like didn't he really enjoyed Yeah, yeah <laughs> like like he really didn't even seem like he really enjoyed being there. And he was torn up and pulled like me aside, pulled John aside, told a, you know, like, like told me how much of an impact. And I was like, you? you barely even speak. <laughs> like, I was blown away. Like, but once again, you don't know what kind this of impact. This is the same guy
1: that you thought was Amish, right? Yes. Yeah. It was the
2: same guy I thought was Amish. <laughs> that was because someone in our life group told me he was Amish. He was wearing the black hat. No, that no, no,
1: no, no. He's none like of covered,
2: that. He was literally covered head to toe in tattoos. You, don't,
1: you do know that Amish can't even have a vehicle. Yes. That would so, make it tough to join a hot rod. I of, was told I was
2: told he was former Amish. <laughs> Maybe Mennonite. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, former Mennonite's, Mennonite's gonna have a car, yeah, right. but
1: I think they have to be black, the car. Does it really? Yes. Yeah, it has yeah, to be, I be all black. I think it has to be a black vehicle. I did not know that. Yeah. By but, the way, uh,
2: also completely off subject, girl <laughs> GAs is girls in action. There you girls go. Girls in you.
1: action. Not yeah. girl ambassadors. <laughs> nope. Royal ambassador. Seventy <laughs> percent. <70%. laughs> there he is. One word was right. But but back to the point, it's like if you're listening out there and you're on the bubble, like... You're busy. Everybody's busy. Everybody's busy. Everybody's got busy. Stuff going on. <laughs> I mean, we're all busy. And there are... I'm just going to be transparent. There are Wednesdays where I'm like, oh, do I really want to do this this week? I mean, yeah, I'm just being real here. You've got a lot going on. You're tired, especially when it's dark outside. The sun starts setting early. But I can say this with 100% truthfulness. I never regret going. Hmm. Once I get there, it's kind of like people say about the gym. Getting to the gym is the battle. Mm -hmm. It's not working in the gym when you get there. Same with life group. And we're we're doing a series right now on, you know, some of the tricks that Satan pulls. And one of the things he pulls is discouragement. He's like, if you're on the fence, he's going to tell you, ah, there's 15 reasons why you shouldn't go this week. It's raining outside, cold outside, it's dark outside. You're busy, don't have time. But it's just, he's just robbing you of the joy you can have because I think if you ask most people that faithfully go, it's well worth their time because they're actually, even if they're not getting something that week, maybe they're the person giving the encouragement that week, giving the advice, giving the hope to another person. So, you know, I never regret going. Sometimes I have to make myself go and I'm the leader. Right. But I never regret it. It's awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think about phase of life. So for us, I've joined a life group the first year we got married and joined Simple Church. We were once a week when we didn't have kids. And then we went to every other week, and then we went to once a month. And so for our phase of life and where we're at with kids and doing that, once a month has been great. We all do a potluck. We bring a meal. Everybody come hang out at our house. And it's a lot overwhelming at the house and a bunch of kids running around, but it's fun. It really is the energy and enjoying that and doing that. So we're taking this semester off, and I'm leading another virtual group. So just another way to do it is we started in COVID. I've led three now, and it's more topical. But giving them the assignment to read or watch something on their own before they come back, and then we discuss it. So doing that on Zoom, it's the Enneagram, it's a personality type test, and we go, and if you want to join that one, it's about to kick off, so we'd love to have you in there, and we've got people from out of state doing it, and people from friends of mine, and just another way to try it, but there are a ton of groups, there's a ton of options, and then we always tell people if there's not a group that you like or doesn't fit for your schedule, start it. Go invite some friends. Do it. We equip you. We give you the teaching. You don't have to be a Bible scholar. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have a big house. Meet at a restaurant. We have groups that just go and meet every other week or once a month at a restaurant. But there's a lot of ways to do it. But I think the benefit, like you were saying, is... We all need people in our life. We're the loneliest generation, my generation is. We feel more disconnected than ever. We feel like there's this false sense of connection through the internet and being in person and not really having real conversations that is lacking something. And the answer, we believe, really is how Jesus set it up, is right. <laughs> to be able to connect with each other, to have a small group of people that know you, that know about your life. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. We'd love you to check it out.
1: Yeah, and, and you said it best. Like I, I personally believe the most successful groups that I have seen— have been started by people that couldn't find one. Hmm. They, they go, you know what? I can't really find the group that's right for me, so I'm going to start one, and then it just takes off because now they're in their wheelhouse yeah. and they find their people. And the last thing I want to say about life groups, one more benefit is you get to do things together that are doing good. Yes. So like this just this past weekend, we hit a bunch of schools, you know, trying to bless them, and uh, my life group got an opportunity to go bless an intermediate school by working flower beds and power washing, and that's a whole other level of connection.
0: And I think the instinct is, well, they have janitors, they have people that can do that, they can afford to do it, but going into these schools and hearing the stories these past couple weeks of everybody's just overworked, they're understaffed, and it was a gift to be able to show up and put in a couple hours of manpower, and it changed and really blessed and encouraged those staffs and teachers and schools that are working so hard.
1: Right, and yeah. The thing that I'm reminded of all the time, and I've talked to one of my life group guys today, um, whenever you're feeling down, you're feeling, you know, kind of pitiful, poor me, without fail, the best way to get past that is to do something for somebody else. Hmm. There is no way you can go serve at a school like that and go collectively solve a problem.
0: It's talk to a principal comes out, and yeah stories of them just openly crying, teachers and principals that were there, I mean, were like, why are y'all
1: doing this? They're blown away. Right. There is no way you can go experience that and still be pitiful when you leave. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just transformed you. You're like, I think I'm going to make it.
0: It's almost addictive.
1: It is. I mean, it truly is addictive, just that rush of truly solving a problem. Most people walk through life, and really, unless they're paid to solve a problem, they really don't ever do it that may be their job but i'm talking about you're volunteering nobody's made you do this and you get to go out there and and we've everything from painting break rooms to like i said power washing to providing supplies snack to bags snack bags to and you just see joy on their face because it's not about them and Let's face it. Here in America, we're pretty selfish.
0: And if you're a parent, bringing your kids along, helping oh, them that's do it. it together.
1: Yeah. I, if I had one bit of advice for young parents, and my, my girls are grown and gone, but if there's one thing I would tell them to do is take them somewhere and allow them to serve and model it for them. Because in, in this country, there's a natural default to it's all about me. It's just the whole country. We're wired this way because we can. We're one of the wealthiest countries in the world. Five
0: thousand marketing messages a day telling Absolutely. you to go buy the stuff. You'll you be deserve happy, it, you'll do it. It's all
1: about you. And you know, go get it. But you, it takes a lot of serving and counter experiences to balance that out. And sadly, most of us don't provide enough of that for our kids, and then we wonder why they turn out like they do. <laughs> why they're so me 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 focused, and you know. Life groups is a great way to do that because you get together as families, you go serve, and it's awesome.
0: That's a great ending point there, John. Thank you. But before we actually wrap up the podcast, this is going to be the official part. If you want to tune out now, we have a couple things to address. You are a regular listener on the podcast. Josh Kwok came on a couple weeks ago. We would like you just to address anything you'd like to say to Mr. Kwok about the story there of translating and talking to Josh. Everybody's giving
1: you a hard time about it. He's a hundred percent correct. <laughs> I don't know what came over me. Uh, Caleb picked me up, and we went to go pick up Josh. We were, he was about to meet most of the staff. Some people were out of town that day, and he he pops in the back seat of the car, and I look right at Caleb and I said, "Tell Josh good morning." <laughs> and Caleb says he speaks English, and. Josh is like, good morning. There he is. (laughs) And I'm like, "Uh, I'm an idiot. I'm a total idiot here. Fluent English speaker. That's yes. right, for a long Speaks time. Probably better English than all four of us in this room collective. Very oh well-educated, Josh. Yes. We've cracked it. So, yeah, I've, I'm not. I should not be diplomat, a diplomat. No, I'm not a royal ambassador. No, there you go. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Or a girl ambassador. I'm, I'm still not good. At Girls in action. action. Girls in action. And I'm, <laughs> the other, the, I'm not that either.
0: <laughs> and then the other breaking news. You have officially committed to Jordan Phillips going on a mission trip. Hey. He's never been on
1: one. I have. So we're going to yes. throw
0: that out there and keep it Jordan. We're going to figure
1: it out him by himself via, <laughs> <South America. laughs> by myself via parachute in somewhere the way that happened i'm listening to that episode and via text message i have approved a mission trip of his choice never uh, been on one so oh <laughs> scott i'm throwing you under the bus so scott no, I I calls say, me yeah, oh, yeah no no i called
2: him because i was like he what is me. john talking about he called what's me, approved said, uh-huh. what
1: you're approved for a mission trip. Yeah. Why is John telling yeah, me that. this? I said, and what did I say to you? I don't Do you know. Listen
2: to your <laughs> own podcast. <involvement?
1: laughs> you might want to listen to the vision you had,
2: Scott. My I goodness, because no. it was in an email chain, and I was like, "What is he talking about? What? What?" Uh-huh. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan's like, I got a good
1: kick Do out you of remember? that. Yeah, you were something. there no. yeah. in
2: Scott's defense. He was not on that podcast when we talked about it all. Yeah. But he didn't listen to it, so it's, no. you know. I don't like listening to myself. You but, but you weren't on it. That you, weren't that it. you don't like listening to me. By the way, I went very Scottish on that. I not like listening to myself. <laughs> Dude, like it.
1: Yeah, speaking of Scottish. Oh, I finished Downton Abbey last oh, night. Oh,
0: you're going to out yourself here. Yes,
1: I did. I resisted it for years. In
0: the long time
1: I've known you, I've never known you to be a British
0: period piece history. I cannot historical. stand. <laughs> the and you've British watched How era. many seasons?
1: All of them,
0: and a, both movies. A bunch of Downton Abbey in your life, yes. Lately. Empty so, nesting.
1: So uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I've got to break the habit of calling Teresa my lady.
0: <laughs> my lady. You picked up the accent.
1: I did. My lady. Yes. I don't don't
0: think there's any way to recover from that.
2: Thanks for coming on, John.
0: Thanks for doing that. We look forward to Jordan's mission trip report. We're going to send him on location.
2: I'm going to parachute in somewhere. (laughs) We're sending him him to South America. See you later, my ladies. (laughs) Thanks for listening. somewhere out in Patagonia. Patagonia. (laughs) Real...